Welcome to Data Bytes. I'm Susan Wong. And I'm Jesse Chizeski Kay. Susan and I are two statisticians, and we want to bring statistics closer to you. We will touch on topics in big data, data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence, and the list may grow. In this episode, we talk about a study that looks at how men and women perform on cognitive tasks in different temperature settings. Let's get started. I want to start with a true story. As a child, I never understood why our school didn't take our complaints about temperature seriously. For much of my time in Canada, I recalled we had some really hot, humid months in early fall, and our classrooms were not air-conditioned, so our teacher had to tame a lot of hot, uncomfortable, sweaty kids, and that was not easy. And then in winter, this confused me too, our teachers still made us go outside in the cold for recess. I believe the doors of the school were actually locked during recess to prevent us from getting back in. And recess was a long time, at least an hour for lunch and then maybe half an hour each for morning and afternoon. I might be slightly misremembering, but I do remember feeling so tired of being cold that in fifth grade, I wrote the principal a letter to ask for outdoor recess to be banned. Oh, that's that's (laughs) hilarious. And, And did it work? Nothing came of it. In retrospect, I'm not even sure that I submitted the letter. I remember writing it, signing it, but then it got a little bit fuzzy as to whether I had the guts to give it to the principal. But anyway, researchers Tom Y. Chang and Agni Kejikate affiliated with the USC Marshall School of Business and WZB Berlin's Social Science Center, respectively, conducted an experiment to get an in-depth look at the effect of temperature on various cognitive tasks, um, or how people performed on various cognitive tasks. And they wrote about their experiment in a paper published in PLOS One in May 2019. It sounds like the motivation for this study is very practical, actually. So if uh, if we can identify an optimal temperature for people to produce their best work, then that can help companies and schools figure out how to set their thermostats. Yes. And beyond that, the researchers were interested in understanding whether there were differences in temperature preference between men and women. Interesting. And, and so how did this experiment go? So a total of 543 college students in Berlin were recruited for the study. Um, Again, not a random sample. The study design is what's called between subjects. What that means is that they created all these treatment groups for varying temperatures. These are like temperature settings. And then each student was randomly allocated to one of those groups. And that's in contrast to a within-subject study where each subject would receive all the treatments, so perhaps undertake the cognitive tasks under each of the temperature settings in some random order. So in here, each individual just gets subjected to a single temperature setting. That's right. So the tasks themselves were not terribly complicated. There were a few math problems at the high school level, and then there was a long list of addition problems, which are just straight-up addition of five two-digit numbers um, in, in each of them. And then finally, there was a verbal task that actually consisted of seeing how many words you could form out of a string of letters, kind of like the board game Boggle. Ah, okay, so these all seem like problems that would be fairly straightforward to solve as long as you have the will, at least for college students, one would hope. Yes, (laughs) yep. 
And to incentivize students to actually do their best, participants were paid based on how well they did on these different tasks. So if you get more math problems correct, you get more money. If you find more words in a string of letters, you also get more money. Regardless of which temperature setting you got assigned to, the tasks were exactly the same. This is important here to control for or reduce additional variation in the performance that might be attributed to other factors. So what temperature settings were there? There were a total of four temperature settings. Um, they're given in Celsius in the paper because, you know, this is done in Berlin, but let's convert them to Fahrenheit for us here. In the lowest group, the average temperature was 64 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's about 18 degrees Celsius. In the next highest group, the average temperature was 73 degrees Fahrenheit, or 23 degrees Celsius. In the third group, the average temperature was about 80 degrees Fahrenheit, or about 27 degrees Celsius. And then in the highest level, the hottest setting, the average temperature was 88 degrees Fahrenheit, and um, that equates to 31 degrees Celsius. Ooh, yeah, okay, 88 would be um, really uncomfortably warm. I, I don't know that I'd be able to sit down and focus at that temperature. <laughs> yeah, and I should emphasize these are average temperatures because within a room, the temperature does fluctuate a little bit um, in any room, right? And in particular, during the course of their session as well. So the paper did show some temperature ranges, and in that highest temperature session, the temperature went as high as 91 degrees Fahrenheit, or about 33 degrees Celsius. Oh, did, so did anyone walk out in the middle of the experiment? That's a really good question because at the experimenters explicitly told the subjects that they can get up and leave at any time. And if they do leave before finishing their tasks, they would forego any of the compensation tied to performance. But they'd still get paid for showing up, so that's not bad. However, they mentioned that no one, not even a single person out of 543, left before their sessions concluded. This somehow felt a bit fishy to me. I mean, the only explanation I can think of is that students were really motivated by the money and maybe because the tasks were short enough, they thought, oh, I can just withstand the uncomfortable situation for a short while. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, so, so what did they end up finding? Well, the researchers found that women did better at higher temperatures and that men did better at lower temperatures. Uh, one of the figures in their paper paints a really strong image of this, and it's kind of been posted in all around on the news media outlets, and it shows temperature along the x-axis, performance on the y-axis, and you can see that for each of the tasks, the data for men show this downward trend, so that men are kind of doing worse as temperature increases, and that the data for women show an upward trend so that women do better um, as temperature increases. Both trend lines are linear because the authors explicitly fit linear regression models here. Hmm. So looking at the plots, I'm not sure that a linear model would be appropriate for modeling verbal task performance for males. It actually looks kind of quadratic maybe, but, um, but more importantly, I'm not counting 543 points across the plots. So, so what am I missing, Susan? Yeah, so it turns out they plotted average performance per session. So there were a total of 24 sessions. Hence, each point here represents the results for a single session. Um, so definitely, you know, the apparent strength of correlation might be somewhat exaggerated. We talked about something similar in episode 24 with regards to a study on the usefulness of early polling results. The statistical model, however, 
as far as I can tell, was done on an individual level. And um, even so, there are lots of other reasons to be somewhat suspicious. For example, I noted that the third temperature treatment group had less than half the number of subjects as in the other temperature groups. This might have been sort of an explicit design choice because the paper mentioned that all experiments took place in the same laboratory, so it's not like space constraints. Um, I, I'd really like to know why they wound up with so much fewer uh, participants in that setting. But of course, there are other big issues we should talk about as well. Yeah, um, for example, there's probably individual level variation on how much subjects care for these sorts of math verbal exercises. Um, the questions are easy enough where you don't need an immense amount of concentration to do well on them. And, um, and because we only observe how someone does in one of the temperature settings, we have no general idea of a baseline performance for each person. So it, within subject design would would have you know, probably been more helpful for establishing individual level effects. Also, it seems like the ordering of the exercises was fixed for everyone. So everyone did the short word problems, then the addition exercise, followed by the word composition exercise in that order. Now, the authors claim there were actual differences in the way that men and women performed on the uh, different components with respect to temperature, but that discovery could just be compounded by task fatigue. So an easy way to solve this problem is to randomly assign the order in which students would do the tasks. And, and finally, wh when did the experiment take place? It was actually a very long time that, um, that the sort of um, a very long time horizon, so September to December 2017. Um, this is something that I worry about because how comfortable you are in an indoor setting is totally dependent on what you're wearing. In Berlin, still gets somewhat cold in the winter, so if you're going to the classroom wearing multiple layers because your session is in winter, you may have trouble taking off a desirable number of layers to stay comfortable. Yeah, I can just imagine students taking you know, a, a whole 10 minutes upon getting to their room to take off a ton of clothing until they're finally comfortable. <laughs> and likewise, in summer, if you're assigned to a cold room, you can't even put on any additional layers because you wouldn't have prepared any. And of course, the clothing situation varies between men and women too, I think, um, as culture and fashion dictates. Now, it's hard to say what it looks like in Germany and what people wear to school there, but I'm just imagining if women are showing up in tank tops and skirts, there's nothing much you can do to get comfortable in a cold room. And if men are showing up in t-shirts, arguably they're already slightly more covered than women are. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, so it, it would be best for them to have included at least a, a time of year factor as well. Yeah, I, I kind of just wish for more transparency in this paper overall. It would be helpful to know how many men and women were assigned to each temperature treatment group during what times of year did they take place. Um, a little nice summary table would be very helpful here. Thanks for listening to Databytes. If you have any questions or suggestions or comments for us, please email us at databytes.podcast at gmail.com. That's databytes with a Y. And if you want to see the numerous articles that served as reference material for today's show, please visit our website at databytespodcast.github.io. Till next time.